0: To scale or not to scale? That is the question that we will be talking about today. That that is what we're going to be talking about? Let's talk
1: about that. Okay, we're talking about...
0: Today, we are talking about scaling. Jez Humble is doing a talk at Agile India where he is... His stance basically is that we don't need to scale which is at odds with a great number of people in the agile community who are have invested a lot of time into uh, developing scaling frameworks doing training uh, certifications uh, uh, teaching organizations so i, I find this is a, an interesting uh, topic uh, to discuss
1: yeah it's uh, probably around 2000 and what maybe 12 where i think uh, the topic of scaling in agile Really became popular as it was becoming adopted. agile was becoming adopted more and more in in large organizations uh the question came about well you know how do we how do we take this that seemed to be really um designed for small teams, teams that had one customer uh and there was a very much a one to one relationship between a team, a product, and a customer and now we've got 15 teams with 150 people working on one product for hundreds or thousands of customers. And uh, I think that question is what has driven a lot of this um, discussion in the community and a lot of these frameworks that have developed.
0: Yeah, and I think they, they're they looking to solve a lot of common problems people have. Uh, some of them being, you know, what if we have a lot of dependencies between teams? Um, you know, scaling... I don't think means anything unless there is a dependency between multiple teams. If you've got 150 people 100, working on things that are completely independent, that's not a scaling problem.
1: I think you're right on and, and let's identify first, do we even have a have a scaling problem? Do we actually need to, to think about scaling here? If we have that one-to-one relationship or there's not a lot of dependencies, then... This is probably not even something we need to think about, even potentially in a large organization. I took the Scaled Agile Framework course, the uh, the Certified Consultant course, I believe. I don't believe they. So office. you used to be a certified Scaled Agile Framework consultant. Um, so yes, I did uh, once upon a time, and you know, a great resource for scaling, and and one that I'm a big fan of is. Um, uh, Bass Vaud and uh, Craig Larman. Apologies if I'm pronouncing their names wrong. But they've written a couple books on um, scaling and agile organizations. What I like about their approach, and they've since gone on to um, form uh, LESS, the LESS framework for scaling agile. What I like about their approach is it's non-prescriptive. Uh, when you go through their books, it, it says very much. Here are common problems. Here are things that you will encounter. For example, dependencies between teams. Uh, here are various approaches to try to solve them. Um, here are some maybe pitfalls to avoid. Um, so it's not so much as a, um, a recipe book, and uh, more of um, maybe you know teaching culinary theory. Uh, so, and and their uh, their thoughts in their books had actually gone on to influence, um, as cited frequently by the uh, Scaled Agile Framework, for example. So, Jez Humble is doing a talk called
0: Why Scaling Agile Doesn't Work. There are now several frameworks designed to address the demand for big agile. In this talk, Jez will explain the flaws in such frameworks, why they so often fail to produce the desired effects and what we should do instead. He will also address some common organizational obstacles to moving fast at scale, governance, budgeting, and the project paradigm, and discuss how to address them. Warning, this talk will include liberal use of real
1: statistically sound data. You can always count on Jez for actually coming to the table with hard uh, hard data. Uh, he's done a lot of work um, in researching and, and actually conducting studies with real organizations. And that's one of the things I really love about his talks is when they're entertaining, but he, he does his footwork. So it's not merely opinion.
0: Let, let's start for a second and, and look at traditional organizations, which were, this is, this is pre-scrum, pre-agile, where you would have a lot of functional groups and the first, the first order solution was to break down those groups, uh, distribute people out into cross-functional teams so that pieces of work could be fully worked on and delivered by a team. Now, at some point, that breaks down.
1: Well, either the complexity of the work or simply the amount of work, the scale of the work in one product um, is simply more for one team to take on completely independently, uh, there's other components. There's other um, features that interact with the things that they're working on, and so you introduce these dependencies between between teams, between parts of the code, and um, maybe even functional groups if if uh, all the teams aren't completely cross-functional. And how do you how do you get around that? I don't think Scrum out of the box necessarily says. How do you handle the dependencies between these teams?
0: Right, and I think this is where um, Kanban comes in and and you you can start uh, looking at how work flows through a system rather than how each individual team is operating within that system. And I think that's, that's a very useful tool to help visualize the flow of information, identify bottlenecks in a system. And I think that frameworks like SAFE address a lot of these types of uh, problems.
1: That's a lot of what organizations and companies are, are looking for is, you know, please show us a pattern to follow, right? We have to get out of the gates. We have these 150 or 300 or, or 400 or 1,000 people, all maybe existing in teams already. What is a pattern to organize the work and, and manage these dependencies between them? I think one of the things that might be missing in all of this and one of the things that uh, Jez alludes to and we will probably talk about is how do you do that in such a way that you don't lose connection with the customer, don't lose connection with the outcomes you were trying to achieve, don't lose the feedback and the ad- adaptiveness that we were looking for in Agile.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and um, while you're talking, it it reminded me of an article that I saw recently uh, that says twelve signs that you're in a feature factory. This is written by John Cutler, and it goes through a bit of a description of some dysfunctions that can arise if we start breaking down work in a reductionist way, where we farm off. You know, development is done by developers, and product analysis is done by uh, the PM group, and uh, customer contact is done over here and each piece is disconnected uh, and and the people doing each piece of work don't understand the the end goal or end purpose behind what they're doing. And I think this does relate to a talk I saw Jez do last year. He was talking about lean product management and the danger of disconnecting the work we're doing from the desired outcome or impact that we want from
1: that work. And if we go to uh, another Scaling framework for a moment. So um, less, and admittedly, I'm not a I'm not a expert on uh, the less framework. But th- this came out of the work that um, Craig Larman and Vasfod did, and uh, their approach is very much of less. You know, it comes from the name. Less is less is more. How how can we actually reduce some of these dependency problems simply by reducing the number of dependencies we have? How can we um, look at our systems and figure out how to uh, not have all these, you know, just can we get rid of these dependency problems in the first place Um, and get around the scaling problem that way? One of the other things that this 12 Signs You Might Be in a Feature Factory article
0: talked about was a culture of handoffs. And if you're working in a very large system, it can become easy for people to not care what's happening on the other side of the fence. So you can, you can simplify the system, you can remove dependencies, you can reduce the number of the amount of complexity in the system. But ultimately, what if you've got a culture where people don't look at the overall system, they just care about their individual piece in it? So Scaling frameworks, scaling processes, are they only, I'm thinking, are they only solving
1: one side of the problem, one side of the equation? Well, and I think the good frameworks out there, and I think there's a there's several, uh, attempt to address that issue. Um, I know Scaled Agile has their take on it. I think that Les has their take on it too, which is uh, the culture component. Um, there's been some excellent talks uh, on how the impact of culture and so you can 't go around just implementing a process without addressing the leadership issue, the culture issue, what are our incentives and motivators? Uh, what are the the internal economics in our organizations to support the type of um, workplace we want that that's going to support the the Scaling of agility and i mean there's some good there's been some good um, material coming out uh, it, you know the Netflix culture uh, presentation that was posted on the internet um, has garnered a lot of attention um, and there's been others uh, Menlo innovations is is another one you know how they scale up to their uh, the, with the number of developers they have and so I think that the culture of culture the question of culture and leadership are Integral to the scaling question.
0: Yeah, another one I'm thinking of is um, Heidi Helfland's work uh, on dynamic reteaming, addressing some of the dysfunctions that arise between teams. How do we how do we create and build relationships between between people across the organization? And dynamic reteaming some of the elements there remind me of the book team of teams by uh, general Stanley McChrystal, where he discusses the organizational dysfunctions that arise in large organizations and distrust that grows between two, between groups. And how do we start building trust and relationship across groups so that as we scale work, we can also leverage the information in different pieces of the organization. And, and really that the key to that is through, through the culture and relationships between those teams, those larger teams.
1: And at the Agile India conference last year, there was a, a couple of great talks from uh, uh, Nicole Forsgren and um, Bridget Kromhout on the impact of culture uh, on, for example, DevOps. You you can't just go ahead and, and declare you want DevOps and build a DevOps team and say now we are DevOps anymore. You can do that with um, with Agile. You have to think very uh, very deliberately about okay what culture is it that's going to support this and how do we build that environment and and incentivize people the correct way. And so um, yeah, there's been some excellent talks and some excellent work and and uh, I really like how. Um, Nicole came to the table with, with hard data and been doing a whole bunch of research into what is culture an organization and what impact does it have on performance? And it turns out there's a strong correlation between uh, the type of culture and the performance of an organization.
0: Yeah, so I think to, to, to kind of summarize what we've been talking about, would it be fair to say that, you know, there's a, there's a lot of real value in in the processes in these frameworks to help manage the complexity of systems but if we're not also creating a culture of cooperation across an organization that we may not be fully leveraging the benefits of that
1: yeah and i think there's a lot of great conversations and discussions and a lot of good stuff that are coming out of these frameworks Um, and it's kind of time will tell i think Um, how, how successful will these be and, and how much of that culture issue is going to be a factor in it is um, I think one of the great things that these conferences do is they provide that meeting ground to have these conversations.
0: Yeah, and I think I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to Agile India 2017 and seeing some of the different talks on this topic and, and uh, I'm hoping to broaden my own perspectives a bit. As am I.